Section 31 of The Toilers of the Sea by Victor Hugo. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain, read by John Greenman. Chapter 6 The Luck of a Shipwrecked Crew in Meeting a Sloop. The equinox begins early in the channel. The sea is narrow and compresses the wind and irritates it. West winds begin in the month of February. The waves are shaken up in every direction. Navigation becomes an anxious matter. The people of the coast watch the signal pole. They are engrossed with the thought of ships which may be in distress. The sea appears like an ambush. An invisible clarion sounds the alarm for war. Vast and furious blasts overwhelm the horizon. There is a terrible wind. The night whistles and howls. In the depths of the clouds, the black face of the tempest puffs out his cheeks. The wind is one danger, the fog is another. Fogs have always been the dread of navigators. In certain fogs, microscopic prisms of ice are held in suspension, to which Moriot attributes halos, mock suns, and mock moons. Storm fogs are composite different vapors of unequal specific gravity there combine with watery vapors and are superposed one upon another in an order which divides the mist into zones and makes of the fog a veritable formation iodine is at the bottom sulphur above the iodine bromine above the sulphur phosphorus above the bromine this in a certain measure by playing the part of electric and magnetic tension explains many phenomena. St. Elmo's fire, the fires of Columbus and of Magellan, the flying stars mingled with the ships, of which Seneca speaks, the two flaming Castor and Pollux, of which Plutarch speaks, the Roman legion, whose javelins Caesar thought he saw take fire, the peak of the Chateau of Duinot in Friul, which the soldier of the guard caused to give forth sparks by touching it with the iron of his lance, and perhaps even those lightnings from below which the ancients called the terrestrial lightnings of Saturn. At the equator an immense permanent fog seems to encircle the world. The function of the cloud ring is to cool the tropics, just as the function of the Gulf Stream is to warm the pole. Under the cloud ring the fog is fatal. These are the horse latitudes. There the navigators of former centuries were accustomed to throw their horses into the sea in time of storm in order to lighten their vessels, and in time of calm to economize their stock of fresh water. Columbus said, Nube a baxo es muerte. Death lurks under the cloud. The Etruscans, who are in meteorology what the Chaldeans are in astronomy, had two high priests, the high priest of thunder and the high priest of the cloud. The fulgurators observed the lightning, and the aquilegi observed the clouds. The college of the priest augurs of Tarquinese was consulted by the Tyrians, the Phoenicians, the Pelasgians, and all the primitive navigators of the ancient Mare Internum. The mode of generation of tempests was seen to some extent even at that time. It is intimately connected with the mode of generation of fogs, and it is, properly speaking, the same phenomenon. 
There exist on the ocean three regions of fogs, one equatorial, two polar. Mariners give them but a single name, the Black Pot. Along all coasts, and especially in the Channel, equinoctial fogs are dangerous. They produce sudden night on the sea. One of the perils of the fog, even when it is not very thick, is that it prevents the recognition of the change of depth by the change of color in the water. The result is a dangerous concealment of the approach of breakers and shoals. One runs on a reef without warning. Fogs often leave a vessel no other resource than to heave to or anchor. There are as many shipwrecks caused by fog as by wind. Nevertheless, after a very violent hurricane which followed one of these foggy days, the mail-boat Kashmir arrived safely from England. It entered St. Pierre Port as the first ray of dawn appeared on the sea, and at the very moment when the cannon of the Chateau Cornet announced the sunrise. The sky had cleared up. The sloop Kashmir was expected, as it was to bring the new rector of St. Sampson. Shortly after the arrival of the sloop, the rumor spread through the town that she had been hailed during the night by a longboat containing a shipwrecked crew. End of chapter 6 The Luck of a Shipwrecked Crew in Meeting a Sloop <laughs>